Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whatever time you are tuning in. Welcome to Homesteading and Gardening in the Suburbs. I'm Emma from Misfit Gardening and today we're digging into transplanting tips to help your seedlings get off to a great start in your garden. Um, I've been slowly working on digging my garden beds, laying cardboard and wood chips down for the no dig garden. It's most likely going to be coming into play next year rather than this year. It's honestly taking a, a long time to build the garden beds with all the other projects that we've got going on here on the homestead. Um, we've got a massive barn that's being demoed in a, about a week's time. Um, so there's a lot of things that we're having to do to get things prepped for that um, and that's taking a lot more time than we would like so um, you know you're having to kind of reprioritize things and you know digging a garden bed does definitely take its time um, but adapting is what homesteaders do best. Now I'm still starting seeds indoors I've got corn, melon, watermelon and squash all getting started this month and the cool weather veggies are really um, well overdue in getting uh, you know outside at this point um, so today I wanted to dig in and talk about helping your tran uh, transplants thrive. So let's get stuck in because step one is getting your plants hardened off. So we want to be putting them outside in a sheltered place for increasing lengths of time. Now I get it. Um, you know, if you're at work, you're not going to be able to, you know, put your plants out for an hour and then you know bring them back in you know an hour later unless you're fortunate enough to be working from home um one of the things that I did when I had a long commute was I would often be putting plants out well before six in the morning and I put them out in a cold frame and you know you need to keep the cold frame out of direct sun um but you want to be gradually opening up the lid of the cold frame over a number of days I would also tip typically start off my hardening off process um, on a weekend or on a Friday evening. So, you know, take them out for, you know, an hour on a Friday evening if it wasn't too cold, you know, somewhere sheltered. So somewhere where it's not gusting lots of wind, you know, they're kind of protected from, you know, a lot of fluctuation in temperature. But having a cold frame was really, really valuable because it meant that I could put my plants out in the morning and leave the lid closed for the first day whilst I was at work and then I would come home from work and take them inside you know because temperatures are still a little chilly and quite va variable so having that option of the cold frame really helped me to be able to harden things up a lot easier um, and a lot less stress um, than you know kind of just taking out trays of seedlings and that's kind of what I've been doing right now because um, I didn't have a cold frame was taking out flats like flats of seedlings and I've had ones that had gotten blown off knocked over by a dog trodden on like I've lost a lot of seeds um or seedlings over the last couple of weeks by trying to harden things off so um a tip from me is to put them somewhere where your beloved four-legged pets are not going to be trampling all over them. Um, but also, if you have an ability to build a cold frame, you know, there's lots of different, um, you know, recycled materials that you can use to make a cold frame. Um, I know I've written a couple of blog posts about cold frames, but also just searching online for, you know, recycled material cold frames. Like, I've made ones out of old windows, old shower doors that... Um, I picked up from a thrift store. There's lots of things that you can do if you 
don't really need to have a lot of tools to make them either. Um, you can also make them out of straw bales and bits of plastic. You know, there's there's lots of different things that you can do. Bricks, bits of plastic as well. Um, and if you don't have those, then you could also look to, you know, having something to just kind of cover your plants. Um, you know, maybe placing them in one of those plastic box salad containers. Um, again, somewhere out of direct sunlight because you don't want to cook your transplants. But the plastic's going to just kind of warm things up a little bit with the light, um, but it's going to help keep the cold off your plants. You could also use, um, you know, milk jugs with the bottom cut off or a large two litre um you know fizzy drink bottle something like that that's going to give them a little bit of protection um but again keep them out of direct sunlight so your plants are not kind of cooking in there um if you're using the bottle technique then you'll want to take the lid off gradually um to allow more air to get into there so your plants can you know start to feel a little bit more of what it's like outside and you know i know gardeners who don't bother hardening off their plants they just plant them straight outside um sometimes they use a hoop house or under some frost fleece other times they're using you know the old plastic bottle trick and just kind of putting things out there and um you know sometimes They've got a cap on them that they screw back on overnight um, to try and keep some of that, you know, cooler temperature off the plant. Um, but during the day, they take all, unscrew all the lids on those bottles and let the plants just kind of sit in those. So, you know, there's definite things that work for other gardeners. And that's why I always say there's so many different ways to garden. There's, you know, as many ways to garden as there are people on the planet. Um, you just gotta find what works for you. Definitely in a mild area, you know, certainly when I was in the UK, like I did the, you know, plastic bottle trick and it worked fine. Um, it might work out here in Maine. I don't know yet. Um, right now, though, all of my plastic milk jugs have been used for winter sowing and um, they are definitely needing transplanting at this point. Um, yesterday, I think I transplanted, I don't know, around 20 uh, winter king savoy cabbages. Um, so that was kind of exciting. Um, but, you know, for a lot of you that are just kind of getting started with the garden, you know, it's easy to get overly complicated with the garden and if you don't want to try hardening off your plants um, you don't necessarily need to but you're going to need to provide them a little bit of cover from the variable weather certainly where I am in Maine like the weather is pretty uh, variable and fluctuates until you know really after the end of May um, and one of my tips is if you're going to be putting plants out sooner obviously you want to stick with those cool weather crops things like your brassicas lettuces stuff like that you don't necessarily want to be putting out your eggplants peppers tomatoes and things yet if you're in the northern states um just because you know you can still have a late frost and once those temperatures you know drop really below sort of 40 um your eggplants peppers and tomatoes are done like they they really struggle to recover from that and um, because they're so frost sensitive so as much as you want to get those plants out um it's better to wait until after that last frost date in spring all right so right now you know i'm 
chatting with neighbors i am trying to find out like when is the typical last frost you know i'm looking online and kind of seeing what the temperatures and things are because it's been glorious sunshine here over the last couple of days and you know i'm i'm fighting that battle myself to not plant out my you know tender summer crops too early and most of the folks that i've talked to have all said that you don't want to be putting those things out until first of june so that is what i am going to do but i mean it's supposed to be a really nice day so maybe i can bring them outside during lunch if it is warm just to let them have some sunshine feel the breeze around their leaves and um hopefully that'll kind of make things a little bit happier because they've been inside a long time at this point all right let's talk about step two with your transplants and that is adequate water as your plants are coming outside you're going to notice that they're drying out faster and um, it's a bit stressful for your seedlings as they harden off um you know you're going to notice they're using up a lot more water given that you know you've got wind blowing around you know there's evaporative loss from the sun you're going to be losing water and water helps to ease some of that stress that transplanting is going to have so you want to water your seedlings about an hour before you plan to transplant them and then once you've transplanted your seedlings into the garden or into a container you need to water your plant in and that's watering the plant again after you've transplanted it then because that's going to help the roots settle into their new home and it's going to reduce what's known as transplant shock which is basically where your plants totally freak out um, because they're in somewhere new there's a lot of things being thrown at them right they've got the sun they've got different temperatures on a night different temperatures on an evening like the soil's kind of new like there's a lot of things that they're trying to cope with all at once and if we can at least give them plenty of water that's going to help alleviate a little bit of um, the issues that are happening there step number three is compost so give your new transplant a nutrient boost with a handful of compost in the planting hole i like to dig the compost in a bit with you know a handheld garden fork or you know a, a little trowel or something so you know i'll put the compost into the hole that i've dug and i'll just kind of chop it up into the hole a little bit um or work it work it in just so you know those plant roots have got something that's going to help give them a nutrient boost when you know they're able to use that compost but it also kind of helps them at least i think it helps them sort of be able to put their roots out into the soil um and go and explore a little more so i always like to put some into the planting hole but then after i've kind of you know firmed in my plant so that's when you you put your plant into the planting hole and then you kind of press down on it usually with your hands or sometimes people do it with their feet and it's called healing in um but either way like once you've kind of transplanted that plant i like to put some more compost around the base of the plant um just to kind of act a little bit like a mulch right and i know i talk about mulch all the time but you know we want to be able to help retain that moisture and compost is really good at doing that so not only is compost in the planting hole going to help retain some of the moisture from when you water in your plant but also having compost on top is going to help retain some of the water from being lost from you know immediately around that plant and help keep those roots nice and moist help keep your plant a little bit more more happy 
granted right now where I am I don't have a lot of compost that's finished um my compost heap was underwater quite a bit after the snow melted um it now isn't which is great um and actually for those of you that were sort of wondering in the Facebook group um the the water's gone which is great um and it's but it's still kind of soggy over there um so if you don't have compost it's it's not a huge loss um you can use other things as a mulch um but i, I wouldn't recommend putting things like you know wood chips or glass grass clippings glass clippings oh we don't want that in the garden grass clippings if i can talk appropriately during a podcast um but yeah i wouldn't put things like wood chips or grass clippings into the planting hole but you could certainly put them around the top you know around the base of the plant that's going to help retain moisture and things like grass clippings and mulch as as a mulch um they break down pretty pretty rapidly in the garden um wood chips take a longer time to break down um but they're pretty good at helping to retain moisture in the soil so use what you have that's certainly what i'm doing on the homestead is i'm using what i have available um, to help mulch and keep the water into the soil because again water is going to help your plants get established so those three things hardening off making sure there's adequate water and you know adding some compost or some mulch those are really the main things when it comes to transplanting um, the plants like I've tried having things in you know containers that'll break down or you know decompose you know compostable pots and things like that and yeah they work kind of you know I've found that I, I have to break things open and stuff and I have just as much success you know when I've got seedlings that are in a, a larger container like you know one of those um salad boxes you know i'm just kind of pulling them apart gently and planting them out you know so it, it just you know is down to what you prefer like i prefer having fewer containers that i'm having to pull things out of so i like to put things in you know seedling flats or um you know those little modules and stuff to to plant out um which is fine those things all work great I've also done individual, you know, plants in little cups and things. And you just have to gently ease the plant out. So if you've got things in a single container that you're or a pot that you're trying to um, get your plant out of, you know, the best thing that I've found to do is if you're doing, you know, kind of the um, the oh, my gosh, um, the Spock sign right you know for all of you trekkies out there right if you're doing that but you you use that v that you're creating with your fingers to put the plant through and then gently squeeze off the um the pot or the container that your plant is in so you know you want to be gentle with this because you don't want to disrupt the roots too much because that's going to stress out the plant even more so gently ease off the planter pot or container that you've got there and you know with one hand you're trying to kind of keep the soil and things together and not drop your plant although i've dropped the plant before too believe me um you know keep it all together and then gently put it into turn it the right way up and plant it into the ground and you don't want to be planting too deep 
for your plants with the exception being tomatoes where you can plant a lot deeper because it's going to form roots all along that stem but for most plants you want to keep them at the same height um, that their first two leaves are or the soil level of the container so you don't want to plant that so the can you know pot that you had you don't want to put that lower than the soil level you want to keep that all at the soil level and that's going to help your plants um you know settle in a lot easier and it'll help reduce having issues with like your stems rotting and your plants dying and things too so that that's another trick and you know really you know those those few main things that we talked about that's really the the crux of getting your transplants out but there are a couple of other tricks that i've learned along the way and one of them is transplanting on an overcast day or when it's cooler in the day hot days with lots of sun mean that the water is going to evaporate and it's going to leave your plants hot and thirsty and it's going to stress them out right one of the things that we want to do with transplanting is we want to make it as stressless as possible right keep them nice and happy they're going to establish themselves a lot quicker and then our garden is going to grow better whilst we can't always plant out our seedlings on an overcast day um, although it felt like it when i lived in england um you know a lot of things that we can do is you know sort of you know if we know the area that we're in right i mean certainly afternoons where i live are very much cooler than you know the mornings so i would always look to be planting in the afternoon if i was going to be transplanting things um when i was in utah i tried to do things you know earlier in the morning or very very late in the evening um not quite like 10 o'clock at night but you know so certainly after 8 p.m was when i would do some transplanting too because i wanted to be able to allow my plants to settle in without losing all that water in the soil so get to know your environment a little bit like when is cooler for you um in the garden and try to kind of transplant around those days and if it's an overcast day great i've even transplanted things in the rain uh, which was great because then i didn't need to do the extra watering in um but you know have have fun with transplanting things um i always find it's um quite therapeutic to go out and transplant things and one of the other things that i learned was um using either organic kelp or seaweed liquid fertilizers as i was watering in the transplants those seem to help the seedlings in my garden like i seem to have lost fewer plants um to transplant shock when i've used it and i've tried both ones that i've made myself and ones that i've purchased and they both seem to work just as well um but that was one trick that i learned from another gardener was using kelp or seaweed to help with easing your plants out into the garden and you can definitely look to use that too um, you also want to make sure that you transplant your seedlings with enough space between them and the reason why i say that is because you don't want to have to move them again after you've gone to all the effort of putting them out there and this is really important giving your seedlings enough space to grow if you live in a humid climate where diseases spread rapidly it's also good to remember that certain plants whilst they are small as transplants will get much bigger um cabbages for example right i think i've planted i don't know about 20 of them um 
over the last couple of days and um you know cabbages get quite big and you need to give them space to be able to grow and the reason why we want to give them space is so that they can form you know a nice big you know head of cabbage right but also so they're not um competing for all the nutrients right the closer you've got things together the more they're going to start competing for the nutrients and things in the soil so not only do we want to give things space to have airflow moving around them to reduce diseases being spread too rapidly but also to be able to you know have each plant have adequate nutrition in the garden and this was a mistake that I made as a young beginner gardener I used to do it all the time and my grandmother would be digging up things afterwards and having to move them so they had more space and sometimes those plants that were transplanted again they often didn't make it so you know save yourself some of the headache and give them plenty of space and if you find like after you've your plants have gotten established that there's too much space well i mean you know maybe rethink that as being oh well you know I, i need to put them a bit closer maybe see that space as well i've got an opportunity to put in some fast growing vegetables like i don't know lettuce or radishes or some bush beans or something or maybe you could transplant um some marigolds or herbs like basil coriander parsley or cilantro into that space and you know that's a great way to kind of add some companion plants into your normal garden and that's what i do even if i have transplants that don't make it um in the garden and it frees up a a spot in in a row or you know within a garden bed I'll just go back and fill it in with something else. Like I've always got salad seedlings started that I can just, you know, pop out into the garden, you know, wherever there's a gap. Like I'll often put lettuce in there. Um, but also, you know, having you know plants on hand like marigolds or um you know a variety of herbs that you can just kind of you know quickly put out into the garden that's a really great way to fill space but also attract other beneficial insects that are going to help your garden grow and if you've been listening to the integrated pest management stuff then you know you know that there's a lot of different plants that you can consider putting into some of that space but i would love to hear from you and know what your transplant tips are so um go ahead and share them in the facebook group and help other gardeners grow their own food if you're not part of the facebook group then the link is in the description of this podcast so i hope i can see you over there right now it's off to dust off my hat and overalls and grab the chainsaw so until next time i hope your garden grows beautifully and i will see you all next week